Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Kate Christie, the founder and director of Time Stylers. Kate is a time management expert, an entrepreneur, international speaker and best-selling author of Me Time, the professional woman's guide to finding 30 guilt-free hours a month. Kate steps readers through a proven five-step process to find and harness hours of lost time each month. Time Stylist specializes in helping successful, time-poor female professionals and entrepreneurs manage their time smarter. Time Stylist has a reputation for helping out clients find and harness 30 hours of lost time a month. Kate also consults to big and small business, government departments and executives on smart time management and how to maximize productivity at home and at work and how to retain top talent via smart time management strategies. Kate has appeared on Australia and New Zealand television, radio and in print as a leading commentator on managing work, life integration to ensure you can have success across your career, family, community and life. So sit back, chill out, take out some time to listen to this amazing woman, Kate Christie. So welcome to the show, Kate Christie. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been amazing. As I was saying, I'm so glad to finally get you on the show. It's been such a long time. And before we started with the show, we had a bit of a chat about what kind of conversation we are going to have. And and what you brought up was, I think, um, very important about um, how do we manage time? How do we have enough time? And all about time and women in general. So maybe for our listeners, would you like to tell us a little bit about Kate Christie? Sure, sure. So I am a mum. I'm a businesswoman, um, an entrepreneur. I um, am a daughter, a sister, an auntie, um, all those wonderful, wonderful things. Um, my business focus is very much on working with really driven, savvy, intelligent people who are already incredibly awesome. Um, but who are not managing their time as well as they could to take their success to the next level. And so my job is to motivate, inspire, coach them around the use of their time so that they are unstoppable. 
Wow, love it. So, Kate, your company is Time Stylers, and I'm curious as to how did this all start for you? Uh, well, it started um, really when I was in corporate. I was um, on the sort of the career trajectory. I was climbing that ladder. Nothing was going to stop me. Um, I was pretty used to getting what I wanted just with sheer hard work and, and a modicum of talent. And then within a short space of time, I had three babies in three and a half years. And my ability to control everything basically just went out the window. <laughs> um, so what I found once I'd had my kids and trying to work in corporate was that there were just so few resources available to support um, busy people uh, to manage their lives domestically whilst they were still trying to grow their career. So um, I left corporate and started my first business, which um, is still going. It's a, a national portal called Babysitters and More. And essentially that business connects really busy people with local domestic help um, so that they can um, I guess live the life they want and and, and free up some of their time. Um, from there, what after a couple of years, what really became apparent to me um, was that it wasn't just about helping people outsource at home, that there were a whole heap of other pillars um, that people needed to put in play to help them manage their time better. So I spent a lot of time thinking that through and talking with people and I found that people were coming to me for advice on those issues and my responses were always the same and they then felt that that was offering real benefit to them and so I decided to write my first book which was to answer those questions that I was getting asked all the time um, and it really just took off from there. Well, that's amazing. I'm curious to find out too because we were saying that before I had a coaching session we're talking about time in itself and how is it that I mean for me I'm a big planner that's how I work well with my time and how I manage to do as many things as I do because I plan uh, but then you know how do people uh, for those that maybe are not as uh, you know good at planning for example uh, what would be some things that you would uh, share with them or what kind of advice for somebody that's like you know I'm, I'm working like you said I've got children um, I don't have enough time for myself so what would you say to them? Look, I think that there, there's some very sort of simple tips that anyone could implement immediately to start seeing time come back into their day. Um, you know, so there's some quick wins and low-hanging fruit. But what I would say to them is that um, if you really want to get genuine time back, if you really want to get back your 30 hours a month, um, then you need to invest your time to find your lost time. It's, you know, it's... You can instill or put in place some quick wins, but really you need to look at it holistically and work through um, all of the, the steps. I have a five-step um, program that I recommend. Um, you're only ever going to harness your maximum number of lost hours if you dedicate time to finding them. Um, so it's not just about the quick wins. Well, uh, that's interesting. I'd like to find out a little bit more about that. So invest time to find the lost time. So how do you find lost time? So I, I 
look, the, in terms of um, the five steps I recommend that you take, um, it's, it's an acronym, so it's SMART. And, and step number one is self-aware, and that's where you um, take the time to think about what your key time management challenges are. What are the things that really, you know, trip you up and annoy you day after day? And it could be, you know, email overwhelm. It could be that you're constantly being interrupted. It could be that you're just juggling too much, those sorts of issues. Um, and at the same time, you look at you know, what's most important to you? What are your core values? Where do you want to be spending your time? Um, and, and we don't often take the time to self-reflect like that. And, you know, ironically, because we're too busy, uh, but it's it's so important to, I guess, um, have a benchmark or have something to work from so that when you do start to get your time back, you can look back and see the, the gains you've made. Uh, step number two is M and that's MAP. And that's basically where you undertake a, a time audit, so a personal time audit, uh, where you record everything that you're doing over the course of a couple of days, you know, really in a lot of detail down to sort of every interruption that comes and and you just keep a timesheet next to you because if you don't know where you're spending your time or if you don't know all of those little thieves of of your time um, then you can't know what you need to change in order to get your time back so mapping your time is absolutely critical the third step is a and that's analyze and that's where you go through your time maps and you break your um, activities up into your musts your wants your delegates and your rejects so your musts are the things that you have to do that only you can do. Um, your wants are the things that really float your boat, you know, the things you'd really love to be spending more time on but um, are often the things that come last and that might be, you know, um, meditating or going for a jog or knitting a jumper or whatever it is that you would love to be spending your time on. Mm. Um, your delegates and your rejects are where you're going to get back all, your, all of your lost time. Um, so delegates fall into two camps. Uh, there's insourcing and there's outsourcing. So from a, a home-based perspective, for those of your followers and listeners who are, you know, working but also juggling a family, um, we're all sort of very familiar with the concept of outsourcing at home, you know, so where you pay someone, an expert, to do a job for you that, you don't want to do or that you don't have time to do or that they can do more efficiently, do a better job and at a cheaper rate than you. Um, so such as cleaning or you might get a gardener or someone to, you know, come and, um, you know, wash the windows. Insourcing is the direct opposite of that. That's basically where you identify everything that you're doing for the people you live with, often your children, your partner, uh, that they can start doing for themselves that you don't have to pay them to do. And that's often a big hurdle for successful women because they often overcompensate when they're at home. Uh, they, they, they'll tend to do more um, because they may feel guilty that they're, you know, the hours they're working or whatever the case may be. So they're quite happy to sort of pick up the towels and hang them up and tidy up the bedrooms and put away all the crap that's been left lying around. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a big one for insourcing. Family is a team sport. Um, everyone needs to contribute, um, and it's you. You would be amazed with how many hours you find um, just by getting 
the people you live with to do their things for themselves. Um, we're all familiar with the concept of outsourcing at the work front, at the workplace, um, and then the final um, and then the final category is reject. And again, heaps and heaps of hours to be found there. And rejects are either things that you don't need to do at all um, because they're just a silly waste of your time, or things that you do need to do but that you could do more efficiently. And then the final two steps of the five-step process are reframe and take control. And essentially that's where you identify everything you're going to reject and delegate. Um, you, we set up an action plan for you and um, keep you um, honest to that program so that you're changing your poor habits and instilling new habits. And the end result is that, you know, you'll, you'll find that 30 hours of lost time a month. Well, I love that, Kate, and I love the whole insourcing piece. I know that for myself when I first started uh, working from home, and you do, there's a level of guilt if you ask your family to help you out because you're at home, they'll go out to work or, you know, some went to school. But it did make a big difference when I asked them to help out, for example, whether it was, you know, emptying the dishwasher or even doing their own washing. It actually bought me back time. But it did take, I have to be honest, it did take a little while for me to get comfortable with that because there was this level of guilt because I was running a business from home. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you, I, I think just because you, you're working from home or even if you're, you know, working out of the home, um, the bottom line is that, you, you know, you're not a slave. You're a partner, you're a mum, and you're, the people you live with are quite capable of doing these things for themselves. And, also, you know, you've got to think of it in terms of the sorts of individuals you're wanting to raise. Um, you know, my my sons are going to grow up to want to marry your daughters. So, you know, we need to make sure that they all know how to use a dishwasher and they all know how to do their washing and hang it up on the clothesline. And, um, you know, I've been instilling those sort of jobs and values in my kids since they were really little. And, you know, it, it's not about ensuring that they do a perfect job you know you, you ask your six or seven year old to to vacuum um it's not going to be perfect but it, it's not the result it's it's the it's the habit that you're creating so that you know when they're 16 or 17 then you know the vacuuming is amazing yeah it's so true absolutely and you're and you're right you're empowering them because you're allowing them you're trusting them for uh for them to do whatever that may be whether it's vacuuming or emptying the dishwasher and like i said it's not about whether they do a great job it's about instilling those values and and um teaching them for themselves so when they leave and you know when they leave home for example they have um all of that under the belt kind of thing. You know, it's not like they're going to go out there, oh, I don't know how to make my bed or I don't know how, they know how to do it because they started at a very young age. That's it. Yeah, mm. that's it. We're creating, you know, individuals who um, are independent and um, it, it's really important then to be consistent around that and, you know, just to make sure that family is a team sport. You know, it's, it's not a hotel um, and, you know, everyone is responsible for chipping in. So true, very true. So, Kate, you were saying before you love working with highly motivated and passionate people. So what drives you? Um, look, I I think what drives me is I, I guess I'm very lucky because the people that I tend to work with 
by definition, really motivated, um, inspiring people anyway because they're, they're coming to me already sort of at the top of their game but saying, I know I can be better, I just need to manage my time better because there's more I can do um, or there's more I want to do or there's more I want to be. So um, from that perspective, it's really, um, I guess, motivating and inspiring and empowering for me because I only get to work with really awesome people um, and I love that you know I, I don't I, I never ever have to work with someone where I'm dragging them across the finish line because they self-select you know they only come to me when they they know that they can be even better um, and that is um, really I guess I'm I'm really really very lucky that way, mm. um, but it's it, that then motivates me. And I guess once we start seeing the person get results and they start to see the changes that they're implementing are making a big difference, then um, that's really what gets me out of bed. Is you know knowing that um, I've helped someone um, become even better, ha- have greater success, have greater happiness, um, have have a better chance of integrating work and life. You know, that's what motivates me. Mm, no, I'm the same. I'm very much motivated by by the outcomes of uh, my customers, absolutely. So in business, Kate, uh, what's the greatest lesson that you've ever learned? Um, I think that the best lesson, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it, because you, you we're learning every day, mm. you know, every, every single day. Uh, new things come up or, you know, lessons uh, surprise us. Well, I, they do me. You know, I often think, oh, God, you know, I, why didn't I think of that before? But mm-hmm. I, I think the one one key lesson that has always stuck with me um, was given to me by um, a very senior man, uh, uh, manager that I was probably two or three rungs under um, when I was working in corporate and he taught me the lesson around, you know, having the right data and, um, you know, he had this phrase that data is king and that whenever you're putting forward a submission or a proposal or, you know, even in my writing now, um, it's so it's stuck with me forever that everything I say and do, um, I can do it with real certainty because I've done all the research. I have the data to back it up. So it, it's and some advice that's become a habit for me that, you know, I, I don't say these sorts of things lightly um, because I know I've got the data to back it up. Oh, I like that. And I think that's with anything that we do I, quite often, and especially it depends on what kind of writing you do and who for, quite often they do ask for facts and figures and data, which is really important because it makes it credible what you write about as well. Absolutely. And if you're going to be positioned as an expert, if other people are looking to you to assist them with your area of expertise, I think it's absolutely incumbent upon us to be at the top of our game. And that means being across all the research, being across all the data. You know, it's it's just critical. Mm, yeah, and I and talking about business too, um, and that brings me to the other point too. Is I think that every business we all have pain points, and when we're dealing with our business, what would be one of those pain points for you that you um, you know you encounter every now and then or often? Look, probably um, 
the, and I, I absolutely have you to thank for this, by the way. Um, when I was looking through um, your notes and, and and the sorts of questions you were going to be asking me, and and one of them was, you know, what's what's a sort of a pain point, and it really caused me to to focus and think it through. Um, and what was really evident to me is this sort of. Um, I love my passion is for working with people, and you know the the, the finances and and so forth behind that is you know I find it a bit boring, and and I will often sort of say, well, that's a process driven administrative sort of task, so I'll get to that later. And um, it's got to the point where it's become um, a pain point because it, it's interrupting or taking me away from what I'm most passionate about doing. So when I read your questions and I focused on that, I thought, no, absolutely, this is a pain point and I need to do something about it. So I immediately went out and got some referrals, spoke to some trusted colleagues, and I've now engaged um, a new bookkeeper. I've outsourced all of that. I've engaged and outsourced um, to a new accountant who's much more proactive um, and progressive um, as compared to what I've been previously been doing. So um, it was such a great question because it prompted me to make an immediate change and I feel like a real weight has lifted. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I think that sometimes we don't even think about our pain points because we're so busy being busy that we actually don't stop to reflect, like, what is my pain point right now? And we all have them. And I think that sometimes when we shine light on our pain points, it helps us um, you know, push us forward or, or maybe tweak things a little bit so that we don't fail, I guess, you know. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, I guess that comes back to that point before about lessons in business. And, and that, that's obviously, you know, that's a lesson for me um, that I'm, I'm, my role, that my business is built around focusing on other people's pain points um and and helping them resolve those so that they have greater success and yet I hadn't turned my mind more recently to what my own pain points were and you know so that was a really good reminder it's a lesson you know you've got to pick these things up every day and say okay that's something that I I need to to remember Mm, love it absolutely and thank you so much for being honest and sharing it with us it just makes us all uh human doesn't it but I think when we talk about it, I think other people will listen to the show and go, oh, you know, I did the same thing and we'll be able to connect with you and I. Uh, absolutely. And, look, I think that that's why I love, um, I guess, stimulating business-type conversations, um, particularly when you're a solopreneur and you're growing your business on your own. It's so, so important to have a level of connectedness with other inspiring, amazing individuals who are also doing the same thing because those conversations are you know every time I I meet or talk with people I, I come away with a bullet you know list of 10 to 15 items where I think they're changes I need to make or they're things I've learned you know and so important to reflect on these conversations and you know you really want to be saying okay I want to take at least two or three things away from each conversation that I have. Mm, I, I'm the same, and I always say what you know, whether it's uh, whether I'm facilitating a class or I'm doing a coaching session, I walk in with the intention that I'm going to learn something, and I call that a learning mindset. And every time I do, every time 
I learn something from, uh, you know, whether they're uh, a, a coachee or someone sitting in a class, I'm always learning off them. And, and I think that's really important to have that learning mindset because otherwise, if you don't and you think yourself as an expert, then you'll remain closed and think you know it all and not be open to new information. Mm, I, I completely agree. And mm. um, I I think that we're always learning. No, mm. no one knows everything. Um, and you, you have to be open to um, accepting advice, but you also have to be open to asking for advice and feedback. Mm. Um, you know, the greatest value that anyone can give you as as a, an individual or a business owner is when they they take the time to give you feedback. And even if that feedback hurts in the short term or you find confronting um you know that's I guess that's a second key lesson that I learned from this particular mentor who told me you know data is king his other key learning that he gave me was always thank people for their feedback Mm. um because it's often it's it's always given generously um because the person's taken the time they don't have to tell you how they feel you could improve um and even if it hurts initially there's always going to be something in it and it may be as little as if that's the perception that someone has of me um and I disagree but what is it that I'm doing that has led them to have that perception so you know it's always you know always thank people for their feedback no, I agree. And I think that's the only way we can find out, you know, we all have unconscious behaviors and they're our blind spots. And the only way to shine light on those unconscious behaviors is to receive feedback. And I'm constantly asking for feedback because, and even if I don't agree with it, I, I know that I probably don't agree with it because I actually don't see that in myself. Of course I can't because I'm not the observer of everything that I do, for example. But if I mm. was and I have time to reflect on the information I receive, I can see how they can see that in me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If I'm honest to myself. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it is, it's around that honesty. It's, it's, you don't have to take on the feedback immediately. It's sometimes you, it's important just to sit and dwell on it for a little while, but um, it's important to, to thank people for it and, um I guess, to take what you can from it. Mm, Absolutely. So, Kate, what do you think is the number one reason most individuals fail to succeed in business? Um, Do you think in terms of, do you mean in terms of the sort of the failure of yeah, you know how, yeah I, th- I think so. Like, you know, quite often you hear, and I, we speak to a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and, you know, and there's this this belief that, you know, if you get past 12 months, you're lucky. If you get past two years, you know, you're getting better. Three years, well, you're on a roll. And and, uh, and quite often you hear that a lot of businesses don't even last 12 months. Uh, mm. And whether it's, you know, they're doing this something similar to what your topic is, uh, what do you think is the number one reason most people don't succeed? Um. Look, I, I think in terms of businesses that I've seen not succeed, I, I would say in terms of, you know, instead of a generic sort of statement but where I've actually, you know, known the people or been aware of their circumstances, I would say that it's that people give up too early. Okay. Um, that And, and I, I'm not able to obviously comment on, whether they gave up because they ran out of money or whether they ran out of motivation or whether there were other hurdles. Um, but the 
businesses that I've seen succeed um, have always had that period of time where they have that real self-doubt and they have that moment of truth where, God, shall I just give this up and go back to corporate where I'm guaranteed of a paycheck every fortnight um, and paid holiday leave? You know, I, I don't know anyone in business now who is at a level of success where they haven't had those moments of crisis where they could have given up. And the ones that kind of powered on have ended up having real success. And so, um, so, you know, so I think it's perhaps, you know, that people may give up a little too early. Look, I can relate to that. And I think we all come to, a, you know, at, at a point in time at crossroads. And so then what do we do with that? So how did you overcome your crossroad or your roadblock? Um, I think that I I always had a, a really strong inner belief that I would be able to make my business successful. Um, that even in those moments of real doubt, and, you know, you, you have them. And I had many, many conversations with my partner where he was, you know, urging me to go back to corporate. You know, you were successful there. You were earning really good money. Um, this is not working, you you know, and, and many of those conversations and real heartache around it. And at I just kept coming back to, but I know this is going to work. And I had, whether it was foolhardy or naive or, um, you know, risky, I don't, I don't know, but I, I had a really strong inner belief that I was going to be able to make it work. So what was that turning point for you? Because I, mean, I had the same thing. I got, I got to that crossroad where um, I was – not sure if this is where I wanted to be, was I going to be successful? And, you know, I had this inner drive that I knew that if just push through, push through, push through, I would get there. So what was that turning point for you that when you did get through or over whatever that roadblock was, what was it for you? The the defining moment? Yes, or? the defining moment. Perfect. Um, oh, gee, I, I don't know. I think it still happens every day. <laughs> Um, I, I, I can't say that there was one particular thing. Um, I, I guess if, if I had to pick one thing, I think it would be when I do a lot of public speaking and a lot of speaking engagements and initially it was probably when people were coming to me and saying, oh, wow, you know, that was so great. Thank you. I've, I've. Um, taken this, this, and this, and I'm so glad I came. And I, and I guess when you get that positive affirmation from people, um, that it, I guess that was it not only gave you the drive to continue, but it was sort of quite affirming, you know, self affirming. Yes, I am in the right place. This is where I am supposed to be. Mm, that's awesome. What was it for you? Um, I just I remember a, a story about, uh, and it was a story that I read, and then a story that I'd spoken to with one of my mentors about. Um, it's a think re, think rich grow rich growth by Napoleon Hill, and there was mm-hmm. a story about how uh, this uh, gentleman invested money in a gold mine, and he he spent I think you know twelve months you know digging it all up, and and uh, you know in the end he goes oh you know this 
piece of land is rubbish and gave it up and then somebody else bought the block of land off him or this this land off him and basically found the gold. So really he was three feet away from gold. And so it was a conversation I had with my mentor and it's the thing that I couldn't walk away knowing that I could be three feet away from gold. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I kept saying, well, you're, you're three feet away from gold. And I think <laughs> just the fact that I was thinking that and saying that to myself, um, I pushed through. It just it just happened. All of a sudden. Yeah. And it was it's really about a changing mindset because if you start getting stuck in a problem and start doubting yourself and if this is what, you know, is this what I really want to do, you know, what am I doing, that kind of stuff, then you get stuck. But if you look at it, this is an opportunity what can I do or what can I say to myself or how can I think to pull me away from this? And that's what I did a lot of soul searching and self-searching, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, look, I think that comes back to my my comment earlier around um, what's the number one reason that businesses fail and it's that comment that they just give up too soon. And mm. it's exactly the same as what you said. You know, they give up when they're three feet from gold. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, true. Very true. And I think that you've just got to back yourself all the way, a hundred percent all the way. That's it. I think, um, you know, honestly, it's never going to be easy. I mean, if, if being, creating a business and becoming successful in it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. Um, and so if you have an idea, you have a product or you have a service and you know that it's going to add value if you um, have the right niche, if you have an extraordinary passion um, for what you're delivering, um, then you will create success. But it's hard work. I mean, it's not easy. Every single day is, is hard work. And the days when um, the client kind of comes to you completely unsolicited, that's the sort of day where you just say, oh, my God, this is brilliant. But, you know, that, that's not happening every day, you know what I mean? But, and mm. I think some people expect it will, but it, it won't. It's hard work. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it, it's, it, you've just got to put the time into it, absolutely. So, Kate, we always ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be yours? I would say inspiring. I I love the energy that I have when I feel that I'm connecting with an individual, with a group, and I have inspired them to make the changes they need to make that will take their success to the next level. And that's that would be, you know, inspiring is what I would say is, is the one thing. I have to agree with that. I can see you definitely very inspiring. The other thing we do as we wrap up the show, Kate, is we ask our woman of inspiration to leave three golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners? Okay, so I the first one would be that you, you need to invest your time to find your lost time. It, you know, no one's going to wave a magic wand and give you your time back. You need to find the time to learn how to do it. Uh, the second one I would say, and this is just a quick tip, is stop multitasking. Um, when we multitask, our productivity goes down by 40% um, because our brains are not designed to do more than one thing at a time. So, you know, focus on single tasking. 
Um, the third thing, um, which is probably a deviation from what I was going to say, but the third thing is just to set yourself really strong um, career, personal and family goals um, and, and do that tomorrow if you haven't already done it and then revisit it every month. Um, have it visual, have it near you so that you can see how you're tracking and make sure that you record each and every single win that happens to you because there's nothing more self-affirming. There's nothing that's going to get you through a bad day than looking up and seeing all those wins. I just love that. And I really love you need to invest time to find your lost time. That's something I'm going to do myself. I love that. It's, it's, uh, I've not heard of that before. I'm glad that I'm glad that you loved it. Yeah. So, Kate, how do our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me on my website, timestylers.com.au. Um, I'm on Facebook under Kate Christie, and um, they can email me at kate at timestylers.com. Thank you so much, Kate, for your insight, your wisdom. It's been awesome. I've got a lot out of today's, and I'm sure our listener um, will also get a lot out of this. Uh, two women having a conversation. Thank you so it's much once again great. for your time. Yes, it has been. I've enjoyed it. The time's flown. <laughs> I know. We could go on all day, and I just, I'm just so happy we finally got you on the show. So thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.